my super suit. What? Where is my super suit? I I'll be back. Chewie. We're home. Are you not entertained? My name is Bond. James Bond. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? My name is Nero Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I'm a doctor, not a doorstop. This is Retake, a show about enjoying the cinematic arts. That includes new films, old films, TV shows, animated films, pretty much anything that catches our fancy. I'm TJ, I'll be one of your hosts tonight on this cinematic ride, and joining me today in our very own quest to rid the world of evil, fight crime, bring bacon, all that jazz. It's our very own super, Tim Smith. How are you, Tim? Hello, I am doing great. Uh, when it comes to talking about this particular film, oh, I'm just so excited. Oh, yes, I am too. And this is one of those films, Tim, where I feel like there's been a few, a handful of films that I've reviewed on a podcast, uh, various podcasts. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this film justice. I don't know how to do it justice. Yes. And I think this is one of them. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so scared we're not going to do it right. And and I, I don't know what to do about that. But we're, we're supers here. We can figure this out, right? We, we might as well call you Mr. Incredible. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, if, if I, if I recall properly how like highly praised we came away from, from our discussion from Star Wars, The Force Awakens, I mean, just get ready for another episode of just like singing the high praises of a film. Yes, well, that's what we love to do anyway. So in case you haven't figured it out yet, we're talking about The Incredibles from 2004. This film was released on November 5th of 2004. The director was Brad Bird. The production budget was $92 million, And then it brought in, Tim, over the course of its lifetime in the theaters and, and stuff, it brought in $633 million. Wow. An animated film. Yeah. Uh, and it starred uh, Craig Nelson, Holly Hunter, Samuel Jackson, uh, Jason Lee, Spencer Fox, Sarah Vowell, Wallace Shawn, Elizabeth Pena, Brad Bird. Uh, yes, Brad Bird had a star, had a role in his own film that he directed. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that has been known to happen. Um, and the composer was Michael Giacchino, who uh, always does great work. And uh, no, no, uh, he, he didn't shy away from the work here either. So this film, uh, if, in case it needs to be said, it's about a family of undercover superheroes while trying to live the quiet suburban life are forced into action to save. The world, or at least their city. The world seems a little big for for the for the scope of what they did, but but that's good. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the Incredibles, Tim. What, what, when did you first see this film? Where were you? What was your experience like? Give us the details, man. Holy moly! I like I, I don't I don't think I know how to answer that. I do remember. <laughs> I, I think I I watched this in the theaters, um, and then I you know I've watched it at home. Many, 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 many times. Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes, my wife will come home 
And she's like, oh, you're watching The Incredibles again? <laughs> and because I seriously watch this movie a lot. And it's one of those movies that I just come back to all the time. It's it's my, uh, I, I mean, I'll start this whole discussion off by saying The Incredibles is my favorite Pixar film. Okay. So That's a bold statement. Yeah. So this is, you know, I mean, I, I'm just so excited about talking about this movie. And, and yeah, I cannot believe that it came out in 2004. Isn't that crazy? crazy? I couldn't believe it either. It didn't seem like that long ago to me yeah. in, in some ways, but in other ways it feels like we've been pining for the Incredibles too for a long time. Yes. Yes. Um, and they've deprived us. They have. They've, they've made Cars 2 and Finding Dory and Toy yes. Story 2 and Toy Story 3 and Monsters University. I mean, come on. It is time. <laughs> it is time for yeah. The Incredibles 2, without yeah. question. Although, I, I, I do think, I do think if they were going to make a sequel before this one, it was Finding Dory. Because... I mean, Ellen clamored for that film <laughs> she did. for years yes. upon years upon years. So, you know, her I'll, 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 her effort is duly noted. So I'm, I'm yes, glad they gave yes. her a sequel. But yes, I'm I'm I can't believe that we still don't have a sequel of this movie, uh, but we're finally getting one. Yes. So um, The Incredibles 2004, I remember where I was because I had just, uh, my wife and I just were engaged at that point, like just not very long at all. Wow. Um, Yeah. And uh, we went to see it with a few friends in the theater there in uh, Peoria, Illinois, where she lived at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, man, we were just blown away, or I certainly was blown away at just how how good it was. Yeah. And at that time in my life, I was a little uh, deprived, shall we say. I hadn't seen, I think I'd seen one other Pixar film. Uh, and I don't even think oh, it was Toy Story, okay. so it may have been. I don't. I don't even remember. Maybe it was a Bug's Life or something that came before Incredibles, right? I'm sure it did. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's where I was, and we saw it, and uh, that's how long ago it was. Is my wife and I weren't even married, and in in many ways, it feels <laughs> like we've been married forever. Like that's yeah. we just we have such a great life. So. <laughs> um, but so that, yeah, it's just so long ago. And I just remember being blown away by this because up until this point, Tim, uh, Pixar had made these films like Toy Story and A Bug's mm-hmm. Life where they mm-hmm. kind of shied away from, and I know we're talking about superheroes here, but in some sense, The Incredibles is a more realistic look at a world um, because there's people in it, right? And right. and there's a few people in Toy Story, but for the most part, it's about the toys and A Bug's Life is all about the bugs. And, yeah. and uh, you know, you've got... Uh, Finding Nemo, which is about fish. So now we get a, a look into a world that is much more based on realistic type things with, with people. Now, they're exaggerated, obviously. They're superheroes, and you've got Mr. Incredible's exaggerated upper body and all that kind of thing. But <laughs> but it's, it is, yeah. in many ways, much more – it's about people. Yeah. And this is just a really different dive into in, into uh, animation for Pixar. And, and I think Brad Bird put it well when he was on the campaign trail for this film – he was asked about working how how he liked working with the animation genre, and that sort of yeah. set him off. He's like, animation is not a genre; <laughs> animation is an art form, and we can do any genre. And right. I think that really set the tone well for what what he was doing with The Incredibles, because it, it's really it's not it's you know you think of animation as like the kids' genre or whatever, but it's not a genre; it's just an art form. And they told a great story with that art form. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree, and really, I think The Incredibles was. Uh, the 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 gateway to so many great films after it. Not to mention, to me, it really pioneered this new era of superhero films. Yes. Because The Incredibles was this movie about superheroes 
before that was really popular. Right. Well, well, is it like the first idea of some kind of idea of, uh, I mean, I know that the shared universe thing has been popular in comic books, but in terms of movies, like it, it's, it's almost like in the background, there's a shared universe of superheroes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it sort of pioneered that concept for Marvel and DC for, for better or worse in the latter case to, um, <laughs> to, uh, to come in and have these shared universe of heroes that on, on the big screen that, and, and kind of tie the world together. They sort of had that as a backdrop. They didn't make a big deal out of it but the incredibles yeah. had that you had all these superheroes occupying the same world in their own cities doing their own thing and and uh we find out that uh you know they have one single costume designer and, <laughs> and all these things yeah uh, i i what i was one of the things that i really like about about the incredibles is i feel like and really this is kind of the the um mo of of pixar but they can tell uh some some complex stories in a really fun way and in a way that you uh, understand them. And at the same time, also bring up some deeper uh, themes to it. Right. Uh, Because something I I loved that was a, was a, was a big theme in the Incredibles was the fact that uh, there were these people here that were different. They were different from everybody else. And, and how do they deal with uh, being part of a world that didn't want them to be, part of that world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and especially, you know, uh, how dash in in particular and, and as well as violet deal with the fact that they're special in this way, but it's not, it's not a way that they can show to anybody. Uh, they, they have to kind of blend in and, and be like everyone else when, when in reality, their gift is something that, that should be, uh, celebrated instead of, instead of put down. Yeah, you you can draw so many parallels to today's world, um, and and in many ways, uh, I, I'm certainly um, I, I like to think about these sorts of things and look and see how the world is around me. But I, I don't have to deal with that so much. I don't I don't feel kind of uh, rejected for who I am and what I do. But I know so many people in the world feel that way, yeah. and this is a great look at, at what that looks like. Like when you're when you're you know we'll set aside even the fact that they had these incredible gifts for a minute. Just they're different from everybody else, and yeah. that set them apart. And it was something that they had to deal with. And I thought this film did an incredible job of looking at what that looks like and how demoralizing that that can actually be. Yes. Certainly for Mister Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, because the kids, the kids dealt with it definitely. Um, but, but I think the, the focus of the film, a lot of the film is on, is on Bob, you know, and, and how, how depressed he is with his life because he can't do what he loves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you think of that scene, uh, obviously, when he's pulling into the driveway and his car is barely running yeah. and, he, just, and he, he, falls, he just trips on the skateboard and just like everything about that just shows what how depressed he is that he can't be who he feels like he was meant to be. Yeah. You know, and, and so obviously that that's I think that's a chord that can resonate with all of us on some level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because certainly there are times when I'm like, I, I, I feel like I'm meant to do something else and, and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm doing this other thing and so on some level and some more than others that's a, i think that's a chord that resonates and i think that's one of the things that really puts this film on such a level that we identify with it and we love it so much yeah yeah, yeah. because i i think it, it it tackles that same uh that same core theme from two different angles right it, it tackles it from the angle of of a child and having to deal with those feelings but it also 
gets it from the angle of an adult, right? Because because I think Helen's concerns about him being a a superhero again are totally valid, right? She oh, she doesn't yeah. want to she doesn't want to uh, create havoc for the family. She doesn't want to have to move again. She doesn't want to have to uproot their family all over again so that he can do what he loves. And I think um, they're they're definitely a huge uh kind of correlations there with uh, with things that we can you know personally identify with of you know how how risky it is maybe to do what it is that you love how risky it is to maybe um you know jump ship and and start a business or whatever it might be uh and and uh i mean i never thought that i would get those type of things from an animated movie yeah, for sure. And and yeah, I really I really love what you're driving at there, Tim, which is that we look at it from one angle and yes, uh for for sure Mr. Incredible Bob Parr is not fulfilling the destiny that he was called to or that he certainly that he wants and that's frustrating, but at the same time you have he has this family that he's lying to. Yeah. That he yep. he has this family that cares for him and that he should be caring for, and instead he's preoccupied with the things that he can't change. Yeah. And so it does. It really does look at it and say, okay, there's a certain amount of this that you know what this is probably unhealthy, and and maybe you should you should do something about that. And in the end, what Mister Incredible learns is that you know I, I really love the scene. We're really jumping ahead here. We're kind of jumping all around, but I, I think that's fine. <laughs> I really love the scene where um, I mean it's probably the most moving scene in the movie where he's about to run off and, and try to save the day from yeah. uh, from all the all the, all the, uh, the you know the robot and uh, he's about to run off and helen is not having any of this she's like where are you going what do you think you're doing he, she's like he's like i need you to stay here all of you stay here i need you to be safe and and she's like no what do you think this is is you know and he's like well i'm, I'm not i'm not strong enough she's like i'm well what and this is supposed to make you stronger and then and he's like no you know i can't lose you again and yeah. and that's such a moving scene and and he's learned what the most important thing is by the end of the movie yeah so, so I want to back up a little bit now that we've talked about this real big highlight of the film, uh, and and I want to talk about just the the incredible feat that Pixar has achieved here. Um, it's it's so like they've taken something that's so technical. Like they started down this computer animated path, and you'd think, well, this is a very technical. Thing much more highly technical than hand-drawn animation. Yeah. It's, it's precise and detail-oriented, and yet they've taken this, and they've turned it and elevated it into an art form. We certainly saw that with Toy Story, but I think we see on display here uh, just the way that the world is conceived, um, the stylized choices that they made, that yes, they've taken this highly technical thing, but they've really, really made it an art form. They, they've really propelled forward the whole CGI animation um, thing, yeah. uh, you know, and, and that's something that is, I mean, I think the Incredibles in many ways set a new tone, a new bar for Pixar. Certainly at the time it was their best film, like every film they've released, uh, up until recently and <laughs> was their best film, uh, you know, in terms of technical feats. Um, so yeah, they've, they've really taken a canvas of, of CG animation and painted something beautiful on it over the years, I think. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, this, this particular film, was was a huge challenge for them. Um, I, I remember watching special features on on The Incredibles and the animators talking about how uh, hair was such a challenge for them. Yes, and yes. how it you know how how to animate it in a way that it looked natural, that it looked like real hair. And you got to remember, this was the first time they had to tackle that because, like you said earlier, uh, up until then they really hadn't made a movie with humans in it. Um, and, and even if there were, there weren't, 
uh, uh, many of them around. Yeah, and the focus wasn't on. Yeah, them the usually. focus wasn't on them. Uh, wherein, whereas in this case, you know, you have Violet, which which has free flowing hair throughout the whole movie. Yes, um, yes. I, you know, I think Helen was a little bit easier because her hair was just kind of in one place. But right. um, uh, you know that 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 it's it's small things like that that you really take for granted now because. Like I said, I mean, I, I think The Incredibles really uh, set the bar for this type of stuff that now we see in animated movies all the time. And we think, oh, you know, oh, big deal. Right. Because like Inside Out has a whole bunch of humans and hair in it and you don't yeah, even think yeah. about it. Um, well, but yeah, really, yeah. The Incredibles was the beginning of that. And and it, it's fascinating to see how they solve that problem. Yes, yes, it is. And I, I was especially noticing that in some ways you look at it, particularly when they're coming up out of the water in the scene with uh, with uh, Helen and, and yeah. the children and their hair's all wet. And it's like, well, yeah. they can certainly do that better now. But you look at it and you're like, well, but it looks wet. And it, that's quite a feat. Like, it really looks wet. It holds and, up, though. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it holds up for a movie that was from 2004. I feel like it holds up very, very well. Yes. Yeah. I rented it in HD on Amazon Prime to watch it for this thing because unfortunately someone gave us or somehow whoa, we whoa, acquired whoa. a full screen DVD and that's oh, the only copy man. that we have. So I, I, I'd forgotten that and I went to pop the DVD into the thing because I was like, oh, I, I suppose I can live with it not being in HD because, you know, it's an old <laughs> movie and we've had it forever. Right. Yeah. And then I, it comes up and it's in full screen. It's, it's, it's four by three. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> and so I went to Amazon and rented it in HD and it was, it was amazing. I, I don't think I've ever seen it in HD before. I mean, I saw it on in the theater, I suppose. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's it really held up well. I was um, I was pleasantly surprised at just how. Yeah, I mean, you can tell it's it's not as technically adept as, as we have today. But what this what what it is, it's it's fine. It doesn't distract you, and it's really about the story. Yeah. And, and that's so it held up really well in that way. Yeah. And and again, I think it, even even if there are things that that might uh, draw your eye and you say, oh man, that doesn't look all that great. You, you just got to keep in mind that this film pioneered a lot of these things. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I really love the art direction of this film. Um, I mean, essentially yes. it kind of starts back in the superhero glory days. Of, yes. uh, it feels like what's the 1950s and you've, you've yeah. got, you know, Mr. Incredible and, and his his car that transforms and he calls it with his remote on his thing. Like all this, all this stuff you associate. I mean, there's, there's a lot of 1960s uh, Adam West Batman cheese yeah, in, in right. here, right? I mean, and it's great. It's wonderful. And, and, and you can and, tell with the color choices, right? Of, yes. Of yes. costumes and things like that. that, that and it works really well. Yes, it does. And and I really like the opening. The whole opening of the film is just so incredible. Uh, pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just so wonderful. And, and you get that old style feeling and, and you can tell it's 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 almost like we're setting a backdrop here. This yeah. is what we have, the canvas that we're painting on. And then we, we kind of go through this thing where, oh, and, and my wife mentioned when we were watching this, uh, she's like, you know, those lawsuits that are going on, uh, given given the way lawsuits happen in our day and age, right. especially, it's like, that that is all so believable. It's so, <laughs> it's so stupid, but right. yet you can see those exact lawsuits taking place. Yeah. He kept me from, he broke my neck while preventing me from committing suicide. Right. Like, you know, I mean, just the whole thing is just ludicrous. And yet that's our justice system and it makes so much sense <laughs> my that, that's one of my favorite lines he's like i i saved your life and he's like you ruined my death that's what you did yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> that, that, i i find that i find that line so funny because it, it's totally true it just it just highlights the ridiculousness of it but what's even more ridiculous is how believable it is and and you know it's in a superhero world 
you, you know, if, if we had superheroes show up on the scene right now, like mm-hmm. we would think that was awesome for a while. Yeah. But eventually I could see us turning on them rapidly just like that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we don't want you around. And and so it, it really kind of works that way. Yeah. I, I also noticed on this viewing, too, that they set up some of the themes much earlier than I remembered them setting it up, like like Dash. Uh, when when they're in the car driving home from the principal's office, uh, where he had gotten in trouble for putting a tack on the right. on the teacher's seat, and uh, um, his, uh, you know Helen makes some reference about well, Dash, everyone's special, right. and he's like say he says like that's just a way of saying no one's special, yeah, you know, and and he's th- that theme it kind of runs throughout the film, and I was I was uh, I was surprised because I didn't remember them setting that thing up quite so early in the film. Yeah, and I mean you 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 hear later how Syndrome almost you know, verbatim repeats exactly that. Right. Yes. Because yes. then he says, you know, if everybody is super, then no one is right. Right. And, and that's another thing that I love about this film is that it sets up something that seems benign where you're like, Oh buddy, he's so annoying. Yeah. Yes. Mr. Incredible eject him from that car, throw him off, throw him off to the <laughs> side. And you're almost like, yes, I totally get where Mr. Incredible is coming from. Yeah. And yeah, he did treat him very mean. Uh, he didn't, he, he, he wasn't very considerate. He was too wrapped up in his own world, and that's the very thing that come back comes back to haunt him and put everyone in jeopardy. That and his own ego yeah. kind of put everyone in jeopardy. And so there's there's a sense in which yes, this this is a film that is about good and evil, good good versus evil, and and most good films are about good versus evil, or good stories usually are. And, yeah. and yet there's also this sense in which, you know, Mr. Incredible, he kind of makes his own demons. And right. I know that's a theme that's often in movies and films and superhero films. I mean, certainly we've had plenty of introspection in the Marvel universe, but but I thought it was so well done here and so subtly injected in the beginning that you didn't even realize that that was what was going to take place, that that's where the villain was going to come from. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I think I I love Syndrome as a villain just because I feel like um, his motivations are very understandable, right? And and oh, yeah. um, and I think really the that's the key to a good villain. Uh, and and I think you know, given the amount of superhero stuff that we see now, you have a lot of empty villains where you really can't understand where they're coming from. You don't really understand why they're doing what they're doing, but you know that they're bad, so that's why they're doing bad things, right? And yeah. and whereas I think syndrome, you understand where he's coming from. You understand uh, his frustrations as as a child. And when you think about it, you know if your hero kind of messes you up and and treats you badly and is a jerk to you, yeah, I could see how that makes an impact on your life, right? Yes. Uh, I, I will say though, I am not, I'm not content with the end that they gave to syndrome because, because I think that, uh, I think his character was redeemable. Um, but they, they didn't make him redeemable. And, and that kind of, that, that bums me out. But. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, and I, I had that thought too. I, I'd never actually had that thought before watching it a couple of nights ago. But when I watched it a couple of nights ago, and, and I, it, it's almost like they threw the character away for a prank, for a funny, right. um, a, a one, you know, just something that right. was. No they capes. threw him away because of the no capes thing, yep. and, and they wanted the whole scene to be funny. They wanted to turn it on its head, and I, I get that, but I do feel like it might have been a mistake overall. Yeah. But that said, I mean, you know, I don't need to see Syndrome again, and, and so that's fine. <laughs> I mean, unless there's unless they devise some way where he could have come through a jet turbine unscathed or, right. or, or still alive, like I don't I don't see him coming back, and I think that's okay. But I, yeah. I totally get where you're coming from, and it did feel like they kind of threw him away for the for the uh, joke, you know, in in the in the in the film. Yeah. 
But but you know you are you're absolutely right. I completely agree that syndrome. I like I feel like as you were talking, I was like, well, I think what needs to happen is Marvel needs to consult with and take a page from <laughs> from uh, Pixar. They need to have a little bit of a head, you know, a, a jam session there and kind of get their heads together and say, okay, here's uh, here's what villains ought to be. Marvel, yeah. uh, here you go. Take this idea. <laughs> yeah, because that is a problem that Marvel has overall. Like Loki was a great villain, but then after that, they really didn't have any great villains. <laughs> and, well, I mean, when, they I, need help. At this point, I'm not even talking about Marvel. I'm just ta- I'm I'm talking about. Almost every superhero, whether it's movie or series that we've seen, there are a lot of underdeveloped villains. And to me, that's such a bummer. Like, you know, th- this is this is one of the things that I just loved about about Daredevil, for example, yes, was, was yes. how amazing Kingpin was just because this was a villain that you understood. It was a it was a villain that you almost like. I don't know. I, I I mean, maybe excuse is the wrong word, but you almost excuse the horrible things he would do because because you you understood them. They made sense to you in a weird, horrible and twisted way. Excusing them and making sense are two different things to me. Right. There we go. Out. Yeah, there yeah. we go. So, yeah, but but you understand the motivation. Exactly. Is what you're driving at. Right. Yes. And, and I think that that's that's something that I, uh, you know, I come back to syndrome, which I, I think. I mean, again, this is supposed to be, or technically, a kids' movie, and yet it has one of the better developed villains that I've seen. Yeah, I I, I would argue with you a little on a kids' movie. It it is the first right. film that was rated. Uh, was it PG or PG thirteen? I don't remember. No, um, it was PG. Okay, PG. Yeah. So all the all the previous films have been rated G. Some of them scraped by on the G, but they were G. And then this was the first PG, and I remember that was a big deal yeah. because it was like, what, Pixar's doing a PG film? I would argue that this is a film for uh, teenagers and young adults thematically okay. and and then but it's okay for kids to watch. Like yeah. it's not it's not something that kids won't enjoy. And my kids love The Incredibles. They were they watched it with me the other night and they were just thrilled. They they just and they would laugh at all the right parts and they just it just resonated with them and you know they were ready rah rah for Mr. Incredible to <laughs> you know get the bad guy and get the get the, the you know the thing. Um so it, it works really well for kids, but I would argue this this film is more than other Pixar films, which I, I would also argue that Pixar makes films typically for both audiences, both adults and kids. Yeah. But this one is more targeted where the balance has swung further towards the adult spectrum, I would say. Yeah. Because, because the themes, right. like you say, the themes resonate with adults more. Um, the, the, uh, and, and this started a trend for Pixar, I would say, too, because look, look at something like Inside Out. Like that, the kids will enjoy it, sure. And my kids enjoyed it just fine. Yeah, but it really film. resonates with adults. Yeah. Like there are themes there that you can't even understand unless you're an adult. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. yeah. So I would say this started down that path for sure. All right. I agree. Yeah. Cool. We, we'd love to agree on the mic, don't we? <laughs> Okay, so if everyone's special, no one's special. Um, let's see. Oh, the action sequences. We got to talk about the action sequences. And, and my favorite okay. probably is actually in the middle or towards the middle end of the film, wherever it is, where um, we start getting the a dash running around on the water and, yes. and that sort of thing. Like all that stuff is so great. Yeah, I love it. It's so like like I wish that other re- live action films, and much less you know animated <laughs> films, would take cues from how to do action here. Yeah, this is just you can follow it all. It makes 
makes sense. It works so well. There's a lot of gags that work really well, yeah. but but there's some seriousness to it. I love the accidental setup of the, you know, when Dash runs into the cave and then he has to run the other way and, there, and he gets them all to meet in the middle and collide. Like all that stuff is so good, Tim. Yeah. It's so good. Well, and, and, and something that I loved about that whole action sequence was that there was this delight that you could tell the characters were having as they're, as they're enjoying their powers. Right. And, and I think that that's something that I really, really loved because when I, I remember, I remember seeing it for the first time. And that was something that I thought, man, if I had powers, I think that that's how I would feel while using them. You're like, this is so freaking cool. Yes. And you can tell that both Dash and Violet are feeling that when they're finally able to use these powers because they need to. And it feels so great to just be themselves. Uh, yeah, the the joy the, the, of discovery. There we go. You, the you, joy. Yeah. You, you you get this sense with Dash that you know he knows he's fast and he's done stunts and he's you know zipped up and put tacks in his teacher's chair and 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 he's used his powers for stunts, but he's never just flat out just used his his abilities. Yeah. And when you get to this point and it's like I want you to run as fast as you can and, and he gets there and he does, uh, you can just see this pure joy of discovering what it is that he is able to do. Like he didn't know that he could run. He was running so fast yeah. that he could, he could stay on the surface of the water. Like yeah. that never occurred to him. And he thought he was going to sink. And then, you know, he was this, this, this chuckle of joy. Like it's just such a joyful sequence in the midst of this battle, you know, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's great. It's wonderful. And, and yeah. it's the sort of thing that I love about Pixar. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're having so much fun that you don't realize that all of these like all these dudes are dying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. It does kind of take the sting of that away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, and then there's the the scenes that are not action, but just well put together, well choreographed. Like I love the the contrast. So first you get um, Mr. Incredible uh, oomphing his way into the secret base, right? Like he throws stuff around, he crashes things around, he throws rocks at people's heads and not so subtle, right? And then then we get uh, Helen doing the same thing as Elastigirl getting into the, into the place, but she's so much more subtle and so much more refined. Yeah. And then some of the sequences we get with her are just great. And, and the, all the, all the stuff that she's able to do and the way that all of it's put together, I just, uh, I love her sneaking into that base and getting in there. It, 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 it works out really well. Yeah. And what something I love is that to me, they show that Bob is a little rusty. Whereas, yes. whereas Helen isn't like she, she still has a lot of the finesse and, uh, and the, the subtlety and the, the, um, you know, like the elegant moves, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, she's she's really great, and and she's obviously in many ways. Um, I, I suppose that Bob Parr would take issue with this, but she seems like the better superhero in many ways. <laughs> like he's got abilities and everything, but you know she doesn't have the ego to contend with. I suppose too, which and and she has more finesse. And That's true. Her her abilities seem infinitely more useful. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, yeah, I I really really enjoy uh, watching her, uh, you know, get get back into, and you can tell there's a little bit like when she's she's uh, in the plane in the jet and she looks over at her at her new thing that Edna made for her and she's like, yeah, and and you, you can tell she's gonna enjoy it, you know. Um, so you know, I think yeah. you bring up a good point too that that Helen doesn't deal with the ego issues that Bob does, 
That's true. And she doesn't. And then, and I think that that, yes, I think that that makes her a better superhero because really Helen isn't worried about how she looks or what her reputation is. Whereas Bob is, you know, he, 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 he worships this idea of what Mr. Incredible is. Right. Uh, And, and, and that definitely gets in the way of him uh, doing the right thing sometimes. Yes, absolutely. It's, it certainly does. Um, yeah, I, I have so much more to say about that, but some of it may get me into trouble. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say, like, I, I see this in myself. Like, I, I certainly have an ego that I, I work on and, and try not to let it overwhelm things. And, and I, if, if I may, um, typically, and this isn't always the case, but there, there are uh, gender stereotypes for a reason. My, my wife doesn't struggle with ego at all, right? And, and, I, and I, I sometimes yeah. do. Like, I want this certain thing, and I want people to think about me this way, and I want to be known for this thing. And, and, and she doesn't care. She just wants life to work well, and, and, and she wants to just, uh, you know, be with the kids and all that sort of thing. So, it's, it's, I, I totally get it. Like, one of the things that they've done so well with this film is they've, they've taken these characters that are superheroes – and they've they've but they've made them relatable to us because yeah. their weaknesses are are just like ours. Yeah. So I identify on many levels with Mr. Incredible. I, I want to think, you know, my ego says that I'm Mr. Incredible, right? And I can do these <laughs> great things. Look at me. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean it's just so great how they've taken, you know, Brad Bird and and, and those who came up with the story. Uh I think John Laster was John Laster involved in this one? I think he probably was. Yeah, I think so. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've just, they've just done such a great job of, of doing that. I, yeah. I really love it. Well, and, and you really, I think you see it also, uh, again, going back to the issues that we were talking about at the beginning, right? Where really uh, there, there's a struggle with ego and, and what, what Bob wants to be known for, right? Yes. Um, where, and, 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 and that brings me to that scene of um you know when he comes back from tumbling that building uh with, with Lucius you know th- yes, where yes. where she she says yes the the glory days happened but you're missing this what's happening now and yes. and it's so true you know Helen Helen because she doesn't struggle with her ego is content and happy and enjoying that particular part and that era of life where they're raising kids where they're um, where they're training them to be, you know, adults, whereas Bob isn't happy with that. No, no, he's not. Um, he he really is missing, and and I have to, and and this is why, man, we're really getting deep into the into the <laughs> philosophical now. But but I have this struggle too because I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, because I'm I'm so concerned about my work and making sure that I get this thing done, and and sometimes I have to slow myself down, or my wife has to slow me down and say. You, you need to spend some time with the kids. You need to just put the work away, close the laptop, and just come be with us. And and yeah. that's a struggle. And and so, again, I relate to Mr. Incredible with this. He wants to go and be Mr. Incredible, and that's great. That's It's what he's meant to do, ultimately. But he's missing some something that's far more important in many ways. Yeah. So, so yeah. By While the way. we're talking – oh, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say, by the way, that I love – uh, another line from that same scene where where he says he is he is moving from the fourth grade to the fifth grade. He says they find <laughs> new ways to celebrate mediocrity. 
Yes, and and then we find out. Oh man, it just it just like it, you hear that phrase, and you're hearing it as an outsider going, "Oh, you, mm, you know, this is your son you're talking about, and he's going to be super proud of that achievement." Then you find out they're listening, and your heart just sinks, yeah. Yeah. and you're like, "Oh man!" And you can you can see yourself as that little boy hearing hearing what what daddy is saying. It's not a big deal. He's celebrating mediocrity, and you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah." You just feel for him, you know? Yeah. So yeah, while we were while we were talking about that part where he's tumbling the building with a Frozone, can we can I just say how even though it's a side role, how incredible Samuel L. Jackson's voice is in that role? Is there? I Where's mean, my super suit? Is there something that Samuel L. Jackson doesn't do well? I mean, like that, that's true. He's just he's just so good. He's so good in this movie, and and I think honestly, uh, he he also. You see, he he also doesn't struggle with ego, right? No, no, he doesn't. Because he's the one that, you know, tells tells Bob they're in the car. They're listening to the the police radio. Right. And and he's like, why don't why don't we do what our wives actually think we're doing and go bowling, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he, he, he really is so great. Um, but but that brings us to another point. This is where we're introduced to Mirage for the first time. And I, yeah. you know, what's interesting as as we get into the story, I don't remember this. I, I you know, it's actually been a couple of years since I saw it, and so maybe maybe I realized it at the time. But I'm watching this film with my kids, and I'm going, I I did not remember just how much like an affair this whole thing that that Bob Parr is doing looked like to yeah. everybody else. Yeah, and and I'm sitting there going, this is probably blowing right over their heads. But at the same time, especially when it culminates in that scene where he's hugging Mirage, just and and you know, and and yeah. he knows, and they know this is not anything like an affair. He has no attraction to Mirage at all. But but to Helen, this looks like the ultimate <laughs> affront to what she had feared. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it just it's it's uh, I was just surprised at how much they they how far they went with that whole idea, you yeah. know, and there's other hints and sprinkled out throughout the movie. You know, is is there trouble with dad? Well, let's put it this way. If he's not in trouble, he's going to be in trouble, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it, it's just uh, it's just amazing how they were able to sprinkle that in there. And, and somehow, like, I'm sure that just went right over my kids heads. But I'm going my my, my jaws on the floor are going, oh, wow, I, I, I'd forgotten that this was like this in this film. <laughs> so yeah. for an animated film, you know, like we were talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, let's see. One of the themes that I noticed in this viewing is that, um, syndromes snares for others, the, the, the devices that he had to kind of propel himself to power were his ultimately his own undoing. He had all these schemes and devices to make himself the hero in others eyes. And this is what undid him. Um, and this, this obviously for me as a Christian has many biblical parallels. You have this, the Proverbs that talks about how the, when you put a snare before the, the wise man, then it becomes ultimately his own undoing. And, and I noticed in that, that this time in this film, I'm like, wow, that is such a great way for syndrome to kind of be defeated by his own devices for others to be defeated by. Yeah. You know, it, I, th- I think it's interesting and something that I didn't catch until I was an adult that uh, these machines killed those superheroes. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, like each one of them were deceased, uh, and and I don't think that had ever clicked for me until later. Um, I didn't realize that, and 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 it and it goes to show also. Uh, I mean, it it 
yeah, it kind of goes to show the smarts or the power that Mr. Incredible has, right? Because um, this thing was made to defeat him and it had to go through, you know, a lot of superheroes to get to him. Uh, yeah. And that's such a, that's such a sad reality when you stop to think about it. Well, well, and even syndrome points that out. He's like, I was right to idolize you. You know, yeah. you defeated my second round, yeah. you know, you were too good. You know, I was so right to idolize you. And yeah, we, we definitely, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I don't know if there's a moral to that story or not, but, but, uh, there it is. Yeah. I don't think there's a moral. It's just sad. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So this, this film, you know, I, I just love this film because it has so many great themes while being completely and totally entertaining. Um, as, as any good film often is, you know, there's, there's just such great themes to be, to be had and to chew on in the film. Um, and, and it's just such a great story and it's just endlessly entertaining. Like I could watch this film again tonight. Like I, yeah. I would just go and watch it even though I just watched it. Well, and I mean, this is, this is something that we talked about when we reviewed, uh, inside out on the, uh, on the old show, right. Where, where, I mean, the, the Pixar is able to, is able to create this story and, and teach you or, or talk about these very, very deep things Without feeling heavy handed mm-hmm. um, and and still entertaining you, you're still having a great time. And I think that that's so I mean, that's so important. I mean, I, I would say also that Zootopia did that very well. Oh, that, yeah. Like, it, it had very, very deep themes, but it didn't feel heavy handed. It didn't feel like you were sitting through some type of lecture, you know? No, not at all. And I definitely felt, I, I'll tell you, I, I recently watched Zootopia for the first time because like, oh, that's available on, uh, for, for uh, I don't remember where we watched it, maybe Netflix. And it's available now, we should watch it. And uh, so we did, we sat down with the kids and we watched it. And I was just blown away at how great it was. And I looked and I was like, oh, of course, John Lasseter was involved. <laughs> so it's basically a Pixar film. Right. <laughs> so it was so good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, and, and, and Incredibles is the same way. It, it doesn't feel heavy handed, but it has great themes and it has messages that I definitely am okay with my kids sitting and watching, Yeah, you know, and, and I know that, I don't know that Incredibles got a lot of flack, but I, I do know that some people were, especially when it came out, like, oh, it's a PG film. Like, you know, I want it to be G, you know, you know, and I'm like, I, Honestly, I don't have any trouble showing this film to my kids because, yes, it has violence. Yes, it, it – but, but you know, my kids certainly watch other things that are more violent, so maybe that's a different issue. But, <laughs> but, but it has great themes for them to chew on and, and things that I want them to learn. Yeah. And, and that, that's what makes a good story, and that's what makes a good Pixar film. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is maybe one of those classic situations where if you're judging a film just based on the rating – um, you might be doing yourself a disservice because really, I, always I, say that. I, I think I think that this is uh, a a great film for kids of all ages, really. And if they don't, even if they don't understand the bigger themes that are involved in the movie, they're still going to be entertained because it's a great movie. Now, you mentioned something earlier. I wanted to come back to, um, and then we got to wrap up. But but you you mentioned, uh, oh man, I, I didn't remember didn't remember this as a kid. And and you are so smart, and uh, uh, sometimes much smarter than I, Tim. That I forget that that you are younger than me, and so you have a different perspective of having seen this film mu- as 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 you mentioned uh, as a much younger individual as, yeah. as a kid, as, as you said. Um, so what? I, I, and you said there were things that you didn't pick up on at the time. Yeah. Uh, so so that's uh, what. What was that like? Kind of, you kind of grew up with this film. Yeah, I mean, do you want to know how old I was when this film came out, or do only you not if you want know? to reveal it? 
I was 12. Oh, wow. When this movie came out. So that's yeah. probably why I don't remember seeing it. Like, I don't remember where I was when I saw it. I just remember seeing it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I, I, sometimes I wish I could go back and watch these things as a kid and, and just get my, <laughs> my, my child perspective at the yeah. time on it, but I can't. Well, that's, and that's the thing. Uh, that's, that's why I feel like, you know, this is really a great movie for, for anyone because at the time I just thought it was this superhero movie and, and I loved, you know, this family of superheroes. It was so cool how they all had powers and everything. Um, especially because like I said before, I mean, this, this was, this was a movie about superheroes when there weren't really any at the time. Um, and so obviously I I love that part, but I think, uh, it wasn't until I got older that I kind of understood a lot of the other themes, you know, you're, you're talking about how really it, it kind of contains, uh, some, some hints to possibly an affair. I never caught that until later. Um, you know, all, all of this stuff about Bob and, and his ego and, and how, you know, Helen is content and like all of that stuff I, I didn't even catch until later. And, and I watched it as an adult. Well, and so so that's that's really fun, because as you watch it, as you grew up with it, these themes start to come out to you yeah. and, and they start to make sense to you. And you kind of get to analyze it over time like that. that. That is really so much fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to we need to wrap it up there. I, I think that we did OK. You know, I think there's a lot more that we could say about this film, but I, I think that we communicated successfully our enthusiasm <laughs> for this film. Yes, I, I, this is a film that people of all ages, of all walks of life, of all types of people uh, can enjoy this film. And I think that there's for most people, there's going to be something that resonates with them in this film. Yes. And, uh, and it's so good. If, if I were to give this film a rating and I guess I will, because I am, <laughs> I would have to say, Oh, what did I say the other day? I don't want to contradict myself. I think I said four stars. Uh, maybe it was four and a half somewhere in that neighborhood for sure. Like it's uh, unlike you. I think that there are better Pixar films, but that doesn't mean this is a bad film. This is one of the better Pixar films. Like it, <laughs> I think what I said the other day is it's really hard for me to put anything above Toy Story, yeah. uh, the, 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 all three of them. But then that said, Inside Out just sort of takes the the top spot for me now because it is such a great film. But but then like The Incredibles like is right up there with the level of Toy Story in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, look I, when I when I uh, when I give this film its rating, I just want to make sure to to let you know that yes, there definitely might be better Pixar films, but this is just my favorite. It just happens yes. to be my personal favorite. So I, I give it five stars. Um, that is, this that is, is fair. Yeah. This is my, this is my favorite Pixar film. And, and, and I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, people of all ages, um, you know, from everywhere can enjoy this film. Uh, whether, I mean, whether you have superpowers or not, uh, <laughs> you're, you're going to find uh, something to relate to in this film. So well, you're a superhero to me, Tim. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thanks, TJ. Well, so if people want to keep up with your superhero ways uh, and, and your doings and the goings on and, and talk talk to you about this film, talk with you about this film and continue the conversation, where might people do that? I am Smith Timmy Tim on Twitter. And I am TJ Draper Pro on Twitter. We would love to continue to interact with you and engage with you about this film. If you enjoyed this film, tweet at us and let us know. If you enjoyed this review, tweet at us and let us know but also go and rate and review this podcast that would be a great way to help us get up in the itunes ranks you'll find us uh in itunes uh search for night owl and or retake and we should come up Uh, you'll find links to us in itunes on the website nightowl.fm and uh, so that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. What a fun film. We're looking at doing some more uh, Toy Story, some more Pixar films like Toy Story and things in the future. So keep your eyes open for that. 
Uh, although Star Trek Be- uh, Beyond has come out on uh, Blu-ray, and I'm really kind of wanting to review that now, so we'll see what comes <laughs> next. But something something exciting is definitely coming next, so stay tuned to Retake for that. And uh, with that, we're going to sign off. Thank you so much, Tim. This was this was quite a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You do? Is, is, is this a question? You will show him you remember that he is Mr. Incredible, and you will remind him who you are. Well, you know where he is. Go, confront the problem. Fight. Win. And call me when you get back, darling. I enjoy our visits. <laughs>